when I tell you, Anna, I was in love with the Lon Hall. Like I was in love with him. I don't know when season two happened. I think they only do one a year. So, so it was like 16 years ago. When I tell you that I was like 14 and fully in love with this man, I was like, yep, that's the man I'm gonna marry. Hey, Escaping Reality fam, happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Sure. Um, it is technically Thanksgiving when this episode is coming out. We are recording it a few days before Thanksgiving. But we thought we'd give you a little Thanksgiving treat this year. We watched four episodes of Top Chef, all Thanksgiving themed, and we're just going to talk about them. But before we get into that, just a reminder, you're here with all your favorite fam from Escaping Reality. All four of us are on this episode, whether or not they really wanted to be or not. Here we are, and we are ready to discuss reality television shows to escape the reality because as we all know, it's been pretty dark since Friday. Just a reminder, we are on Instagram at Escaping Reality Pod. We are on Twitter at ESC Reality Pod. And our email is escaping reality podcast at gmail.com. Feel pretty confident. There we go. I did it. A professional. So if you ever want to send us a fans of spoken, you can find us on any of those three places. Also make sure you are giving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help us spread the word about escaping reality. You can also tell a friend about this podcast that you love so much. Word of mouth really does help. And then last but not least, follow us on Spotify. I'm hoping we're all in your 2021 wrap coming out in just a few weeks. Can't wait to see us there. All right, y'all, let's get started. We didn't do a Thanksgiving episode last year. We did like holiday ones um, that were mostly Christmas. And let's talk Thanksgiving. Um, we're just going to kind of start with just a, everybody talk to us about your Thanksgiving traditions and just say like, do you like Thanksgiving? It's a controversial opinion. Do you like it? Do you not? And then what makes Thanksgiving special? So Anna, you want to start us off? Sure thing. I will go on record and say I do like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for me is the kickoff of the holiday Christmas season. I know some of the folks on this podcast start a little earlier. For me personally, Thanksgiving is when my family kicks off Christmas. We decorate our Christmas tree the very next day after Thanksgiving. We get the vibes right in the house. We get fire going. We get, you know, family snuggle time. It's a little bit different these last two years because we've all been living in the same house. So I keep saying like some of the holiday magic that usually comes along with like, oh, it's time to like get off work and travel home and like the weather changes and it's different and you're in a different place. A little bit of that's gone. I'm not gonna lie. Waking up in the same house every day. So there's no transition into the holiday, but All of that aside, I'm still very excited for Thanksgiving. My immediate family does it together. We make a nice, more or less traditional Thanksgiving dinner, a turkey, some stuffing, some pie. And then, like I said, we start celebrating the Christmas season the next day. I put up our Christmas tree. The last few years, we've done a Tom Hanksgiving movie marathon, and that is a real treat. So I enjoy Thanksgiving. I'm very much looking forward to it today, I guess, at the time of this episode coming out. But yeah, I like it. I do. Stacey? I'm glad I'm following Anna because I do like Thanksgiving. It used to be one of my favorite holidays, I would say. But I feel like the older you get, it's like, I wish it was in October because it's just so close together that it's like, if you don't live at home, you're like, am I going to travel twice to the same place? Like, it just, it's like, if we're not going to get the whole month off, 
that whole time. And it's kind of not the best placed holiday. But I mean, I like the thankfulness. I like the food. I usually make pumpkin pie. It's usually just me and my immediate family. I don't have any extended family like nearby. So it's usually the immediate family and I like it. It's a good time. Stacy, I do have to ask because your family lived in Canada and you were born in Canada, correct? Did you do Canadian Thanksgiving, which is at a different time? Maybe that's why I want it to be in October because I think it is in Canada. I think Canadian Thanksgiving is in October. But I don't, I only lived there to last five. I don't have any real memories of what I'm celebrating. part of who you are. Like deep in your soul, you just want Canadian Thanksgiving. And America is saying, no, Stacey. Canadians tend to be a little smarter and maybe they thought this through and spaced it out. So maybe that's why. But I like the concept. I mean, I think it is good to focus on thankfulness. So I don't, okay, let me clarify. I like the concept when it comes to thankfulness. I don't like celebrating, pushing people off of their land. (laughs) So I was going to say, I was like, Stacey, maybe uh, revise. Nick, would you like to talk about your feelings about Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is a holiday to just skip over and get to Christmas already. Christmas starts in my household, aka mine and Aggie's Manhattan apartment in September, people. This Christmas music has been blasting nonstop. Thanksgiving is just a pit stop on the detour so that everybody else can feel less guilty. I think a part of that comes from the fact that my family is so invested in Christmas. Like we have two Christmas trees. My dad has been putting up our Christmas village since the beginning of October. Like it was up before our Halloween decorations. So my family is very invested in Christmas and Thanksgiving has just never been that big of a celebration for us. Of course, like we watch the parade and we do like a cute little breakfast and then we have dinner later on in the day. But yeah, like it's always just been like a family dinner, which we do every week on Sundays anyway. So it doesn't, it never felt super special. It never felt different because it was just another Sunday night dinner just on a Thursday. And also like my one big problem with Thanksgiving, why do people eat dinner at 4 p.m.? Why is this the tradition to eat food at like 3, 4 p.m.? So you can graze till 8 p.m. But why not just eat dinner at 6 p.m. and then have pie at 8 p.m.? Because you can graze from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. You're missing the point. Or you can eat breakfast in the morning and then eat a normal dinner. I don't know. It all just comes back to the fact that Thanksgiving is a pointless holiday. Move out of the way. Get us to Christmas. Thank you. I'm thankful for Christmas. Oh my God, goodness. Okay, so I'm gonna like toe the middle ground here. Um, My parents are Australian. So Thanksgiving is not a holiday in Australia. So it means nothing to them. My stepmom is British, also means nothing to her. Like Stacey said, it is kind of a celebration of pushing native people off their land. So like that's pretty problematic. But for me, I liked Thanksgiving when I was a kid because we used to either do it at our house and it was like this kind of nice moment where we shared and we were grateful and thankful. And and sometimes we would do it with our neighbors, which was really great because I grew up with them and they were very much like a second family to me. So we would like go to their house or go to their lake house and be like a whole thing. Stacey, I agree. As I've gotten older, I don't find it as cute anymore because it's like, do you travel there in the end of November and then go home for Christmas a few weeks later? And especially now, like my dad and my stepmom do not celebrate Thanksgiving the way I would want to celebrate Thanksgiving, which is like with the whole meal with the turkey and the mac and cheese and the stuffing. It's like we have like British Sunday dinner at 4 p.m. on a Thursday. 
Thursday. So it's like, that's not really Thanksgiving. I don't feel I'm not upset about it, but it's just another day. I agree. I love the idea of taking stock of your life and being grateful for what you have. I've been trying to do a little bit more of that just in my daily life of like practicing gratitude in the morning of like, Hey, what's something that I'm grateful for that I have today? Like what's two things, three things, something like that in a way to like refocus and recenter yourself around that just as a mindset. So having just one day that is then followed by a day where we like ravenously rampage through stores seems a little bit like stressful to me and maybe not aligned is the kind way of putting that. But I can see where it can come from a beautiful family tradition. I think because my family is not American, it just doesn't have a lot of meaning to me. I'm not the same as Nick. I don't start celebrating Christmas in September. I'm a November Christmas music gal, but I do feel like for me, I don't like that I have to stop I can't have Christmas decorations or winter fun decorations because there's just other holiday in the middle. I'm all in on end of October, Halloween's over. Let's put up the Christmas decorations. London does it. It's a good time. Like, let's just get into it. We don't need Thanksgiving in the middle. But yeah, so coming from escaping reality, Thanksgiving was an interesting choice for what we chose to do today, but here we are. That's why we <laughs> skipped over it last year, but Anna, it's really for Anna. We're doing this for Anna. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, we do love her, so it makes sense. So, feel appreciated you are you are all right my loves so if you're listening to this episode and you're like wait we had no idea they were watching top chef what the fuck let me tell you what episodes we watched so you can pause the podcast go watch them on hulu um if you're like me and have the dvds of seasons one through six two of these are on dvd you can watch them there stacy's about to come for me because she didn't like top chef and it's my literal favorite show so i'm i'm trying not to cry as i tell you which episodes we watch we watched season two episode six season five episode Episode three, season 10, episode three, and season 12, episode six. Top Chef fans out there, correct me if I'm wrong. I think those are the only Thanksgiving episodes. I tried to do some Googling and make sure I was right, but I think those were the only ones. We watched four. We're going to talk about them a little bit in depth in a second, but we're just going to save some space, do some one minute thoughts on either Top Chef as a show, these actual episodes tying into Thanksgiving, wherever you want to take it for your one minute thoughts. That's where we'll go. Anna, start us off. I'm not gonna lie. I was apprehensive going into this. I had never seen Top Chef. I was aware of Top Chef and like what we were walking into. So I wasn't like totally caught off guard by the structure of the episodes, but I had never watched it. I am, however, familiar with Master Chef, which I know is a different show, but is it all that different? No, just like structurally. No, it's not. And I don't love MasterChef either. My household had been watching MasterChef all through the summer. So it was like constantly on. And I was like, I just don't enjoy it. I don't know if it's the type of show or maybe because I didn't sit down and like watch the whole thing. It just wasn't for me. And I felt a little bit similarly when we sat down this week to watch Top Chef. I was like, is it because we're just jumping into one-off episodes? Is it because this type of show where it's like cooking competition, but also a little bit of drama between the contestants? Like, is that maybe just not the right type of show for me? After the first episode... I got into it a bit more. Once the Foo Fighters showed up, I was like, wait, this is fun. Actually, maybe it was in the first episode when Anthony Bourdain showed up and I was like, oh, okay, I can like get into the fun elements of this Bravo cooking competition. It's on Bravo, right? It was, right? Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I don't know if it was the show for me, but after most of the first episode, I was like, okay, I can get into it for now, for fun. I actually think in this instance, I preferred to jump and watch like one episode from a season here, one from a season there. That I think was better for me me so yeah I got into it Stacy not gonna come for you Aggie I know it's your favorite show I was just I came in heated I'm just having an off day but I think I would like the show if I watched a whole 
season. I think I just felt disjointed. And like, even though they were all Thanksgiving, I feel like I just like there was one, it might've been whatever the third one was, whatever season that was where like, I feel like it didn't like, you wouldn't have known just from watching at the beginning. I feel like they didn't mention Thanksgiving that much, but then they're using like chicken broth or something. And I was like, Oh, this is, Oh no, it was the food fighter one. Like, I think maybe I just missed where they said like, you're making them a Thanksgiving meal. And I felt like they were just making them a meal. So I just, I think if I sat down and watched a whole season, I would like it, but I just feel like I wasn't in the mental (laughs) space to enjoy it the first one we watched too like that was real old (laughs) and I feel like I just was like this is so old like I couldn't it just like kept me from even focusing because I was like what I didn't look it up but like what year is that from We're not entirely sure. So I'll I'll check and get back to you to sex, Stace. Well, and just like some of their comments, like would probably not pass anymore. (laughs) But um, no, I mean, I will say like, I watched all of them twice. I watched them last weekend and then I wanted to refresh my memory. I watched them again today. And there was, I think whichever season did have the Foo Fighters. Like I watched the episode after. I think it's just like, I would like to watch a whole season. Like I would enjoy it. So was this my ideal format? No, but would I like the show? Probably. I actually agree with that, Stacey. I do think it builds pretty well. Bravo is good at reality television. They have all the housewives. I think their editors are good at painting a show across the season. And so for that reason, I think Top Chef would be something that would be more interesting holistically than in the vignette style. But glad to know you didn't totally hate it, Stacey. I was sad. Nick, would you like to um, tell us your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I have watched a couple episodes here and there of Top Chef, like over Aggie's shoulder as she has rewatched her comfort seasons. And I've always liked it. And I think it's like the cooking aspect of a show that I could just watch one-off episodes and still feel interested and still find them compelling to watch. And like there were some moments in, I think like the middle two episodes where there was like some rivalries that felt a little like, I don't understand what's going on here. So I don't think I fully get this. But other than those moments, I still really enjoyed watching them. And I was saying to Aggie, like, as we watched them, like the editing of these episodes and like the challenges and the cooking aspect like feels and comes across really authentic. And it feels, and this is going to sound funny because it is a reality TV show, but like it feels real. It feels like you are just watching these chefs like prepare a dinner, prepare their best meal in a kitchen, which like essentially they are, but I don't know. It doesn't feel like the producers are heavily producing it that much to push a story along. It feels like they're kind of just like letting whatever happens, happens and letting the drama of a kitchen speak for itself, which I'm not saying like whether I like overly produced more or I like this more. It's just like a different vibe than the other competition shows we've watched, especially like I've been watching so much Drag Race because there's like five seasons on at a time now that I'm currently watching. And like Drag Race is a heavily produced show. So I think this is just a different vibe than what I've been used to that it was very refreshing to see something new along those lines. Which actually kind of leads into where we were going to go next anyway. So I, I won't add too much for one minute thoughts. I love Top Chef. For me, it's my drag race. There are no bad episodes in my personal opinion. I will always enjoy an episode of Top Chef. I'm never going to be sad watching an episode of Top Chef. I'm going to love it. The only 
Stacey, you talked about how season two felt old. You should watch season one. It's terrible. It's so old school. And the that's host- how you get her to watch it. <laughs> the host is the host is Katie Lee instead of Padma. And let me tell you, not a good use of our time. The winner is probably one of my favorite winners. And I wanted to go to his restaurant in New York City so bad, but it's not great. And then I don't know if it just became this like juggernaut series for Bravo. And so they just threw money at it. But it just, I just love Top Chef and I love the creativity. I think I was telling Nick this as we were watching it. I've never seen them repeat a challenge. Never once have I seen them do the same thing twice, which I think is really exciting for people. I think it's something we've talked about with survivor where it's like we're seeing some of the same challenges like we've already seen them do this i've never seen them repeat a challenge on top chef now granted you have a lot more to work with there because you don't have constraints of like what can the human body literally take with 40 days of no food what can we force them to do and not kill them like you have a little bit more leeway there but i think they get very creative i also if we were to ever watch top chef for the pod which like i'm not saying we should i'm just like saying if we were it's also kind of insular like it does a lot of nods to its own fan base like the challenge where they make the soup that's literally like a top chef cookbook where it's recipes from old seasons so like when they're describing the dish you're sitting there like I remember when they made that on season three like I remembered loving that dish and thinking that person was gonna win or like whatever it was and so it's a very insular kind of show in that way which I absolutely adore but that being said kind of leads into my next conversation which I don't think will take super long but I would love to hear thoughts we basically watched four episodes with significant amounts of time in between them like we watched season two season five season 10 and season 12 currently I believe the one that just aired was season 18, I believe. So it gives you a kind of idea of where we're at in like the Top Chef chronological order. There we go. In terms of time, it gives you an idea of sort of where we are. Stacey, I did look, it's 2006 that the first episode aired um, that we were talking about, which is we were in high school. I feel like these friends were in middle school. So it's, it's kind of old. It's very old. But I would love to know if what you kind of noticed, I don't know. I feel like I'll start to kind of give like an, a thought here. I just felt like it just as time went on, you were like, wow, we've really upped the budget and we've upped the product placement and we've upped a lot of like tie-ins to just, okay. Coming to someone who loves this show and has watched every episode pretty much, the beginning seasons, chefs didn't want to touch it. They were like famous actual chefs. We're like, I don't know. I think they had to pay a shit ton of money to get the guy from Florida Lee in San Francisco to like be on the show. And he was kind of like, I don't know about this. And Tom Colicchio was kind of like, I don't know about this, but like, I'll do it for a season. And then by the end, they have famous chefs from all over the world, like wanting to be on the show. Joelle Robichon, who's like one of the best known French chefs in the entire world is on multiple episodes. And this is reality television. This is not like an introspective on their life. This is a reality competition show where they're watching amateur chefs or like young chefs compete. And I think that to me was what was most striking is like Emerald's literally there in season 10 being like, yeah, man, I'm like here to hang, like I'll work with these chefs. And that to me is the most striking difference by the end is the the caliber of chef that wants to be on the show and is willing to be on the show. But I would love to hear if anyone else noticed anything else or how it compared to other shows that we've already watched, good, bad, or ugly. I completely agree with you. Like the product placement and the, I think you used the word caliber of the other chefs and like guest judges and like the food fighters even. I know that was kind of the shortest jump from season to season that we had, but it was noticeable thing was, and I think this goes along with just like the general attention span of the reality television viewer over the years and 
the difference in like the first episode that we watched where it was like, okay, we're going to use canned food for a mini challenge. And then like, you just have to sort of cook Thanksgiving outside of the box and make it, you know, avant-garde to like, go dig in this cranberry bog and you're going to make an old like Plymouth Rock style Thanksgiving and there's not going to be any forks. Like that to me, and don't get me wrong, that was a great challenge. And I very much enjoy the sort of more extreme, silly side of a reality competition show like that. But it does also just sort of track with the development of this show and shows like this where like it gets a little cartoony as time goes on. Fully intentional, I think. And to watch so many or rather episodes that were so spaced out in this way um, really highlighted that. And I think we've seen the same thing, you know, on other shows that we've watched like Survivor and like America's Next Top Model I think you could say the same thing like as time goes on with these shows they I don't think it's even pushing the boundaries it's just getting a little more like can you believe we're making them do this and it's like that is kind of the point of the show but at the same time it does pull slightly away from the fact that like in the first episode we watched it was very much like these are chefs and we're saying like put your real skills to the test as a chef versus like can you make this without any forks you know, do you know what I mean like it just I do times change I do and I think a really good example of that is Michael compared to in season two who's the one who makes like the twice baked potatoes and like all the starches and they're like what the fuck is wrong with you he's literally like a line cook like he is not an executive chef he's not like an owner of his own restaurant nothing like he is literally like a line cook at a random restaurant and he just wanted to like come on this show by the time we get to season 12 like you said Anna where you have Kristen or whoever like who is an executive chef of a restaurant who had to take time off from like her job working for a very legitimate chef to come be on top chef it's like it's very it's very different in that way because it's like now it's like legitimate chefs competing to actually own their own restaurant rather than like some person trying to like be like I can cook things it's just like a very the caliber felt different because they could up the ante of the challenges because like the starting group was just like a higher level to start with any other thoughts my loves I mean I will say I don't even know if this is completely related to what we're talking about but I will say like I mean compared to some other shows like remember I wasn't a huge great British Bake Off person either but this one like I do think there was like more kind of there were like storylines and like there were more kind of I don't know like even the conversations after someone went home like I think there was one time a big kind of argument happened so like I do think they have a good balance of the cooking and then some other more just like dramatic pieces so again that's why I think I would if I like felt more connected to the chefs I think I'd be more interested. Nick do you have anything else you'd like to add before we get into the actual episodes? Um, I think I mentioned it in my like one minute thoughts, but just like the editing in general, like it comes across very authentic and it has a very good, not good feel like, LOL, that's so profound. Of but me it's also, to say. but it's not like, um, but it's like, it's not like break off where you feel like calm and like, just no, like it no, could kind it, of happen to me. Like there is a competition aspect to it. But yeah. Like, but I yeah. truly believe like, as we're watching it, I truly believe like these are chefs that I'm watching them do what they do on the daily. Maybe it's like comparing that to Survivor where these people are clearly like doing random shit that nobody in the real world would ever do. Like that difference of watching like a profession-based competition versus a game-based competition where you're like, no, they need to know how to make a perfect soup or great mashed potatoes. I think it was the season 10 episode where the girl like served them raw potatoes and they're all like, I'm questioning her ability to be a good chef if she can't serve a cooked potato. And it's like, 
yeah, like, damn, like, not only do you want to be the top chef of this season, but should you even be a chef in general, bitch? Like, you didn't know that this potato wasn't cooked and you put it on a plate. And it's like, there's something very compelling to watch people do what they do on the show. I was going to also bring up Drag Race because it is profession-based. And I think at the beginning... Anna, this goes back to what you mentioned about how some of them felt like greener and the challenges were like a little bit not as exciting. But by the end, you're like, holy shit, they're asking them to literally collect their own cranberries from a fucking bog. And then they're, yeah, cooking with no forks. Like, this is wild. And I think that speaks to, like we said, the caliber of the chefs that come on the show, but also like they're able to up the ante because now it is like pretty much professional chefs are coming on this show with the intention of winning $125,000 so they can open their own restaurant. It's no longer people just coming on to like learn and grow. And it is profession-based though. So now like if you're a, I mean, I think on season six, they have all these people who are like, I have a Michelin star. And it's like, so if you don't win, what does that mean about the Michelin star you got? Like, what does that say about you and the career? you've chosen for yourself it's kind of stressful to get there and be like wait I failed no I was just gonna add I hadn't thought because I was thinking about it more in the sense of like the way that different reality shows have developed over time and like what we had in the beginning and what we have now and like the no forks old-timey 1600s cooking challenge reminded me of like a show like Cutthroat Kitchen where like it's wild versus like we wouldn't have we didn't have that in the, the dawning of reality tv and like over time we developed from like okay it's just a cooking competition to like something like chopped to something like cutthroat kitchen but I hadn't thought about it the way that you were explaining it of like the actual caliber of the contestants so at a certain point like you do have to make the challenges more for lack of a better word ridiculous because they already have the skills to just do like a regular challenge so I hadn't thought about it like that so I appreciate that perspective I'm just here to bring you my top chef knowledge at an absurd rate you know what I mean just like absurd let's talk these actual episodes basically I'm just gonna do a really quick recap again of what they were I'm not gonna get into too much detail because I just we watched four episodes we're not doing a four episode specific recap situations like that's not helpful but I will tell you sort of what we did season two episode six they're in LA all of them are based in a city so that's why I say that season two episode six the quick fire challenge is make a dish from canned goods and try and make it not seem like it was canned food and then there were five winners I believe and five losers the losers cook an avant-garde Thanksgiving dinner for the winners plus the judges and Anthony Bourdain fun times all around then we jump to season five episode three which is based in New York which by the way one of my favorite seasons just because like all the New York little gems just abound quick fire challenge is they get a page from the top chef cookbook and they're supposed to put their own twist on a dish and then 10 minutes in Grant Ackett's comes in and says I want soup so Swanson broth gives them some broth and they have to turn their like dish that they were making into soup and then they have to cook Thanksgiving dinner for the Foo Fighters in two teams and the winning team gets to watch the show and the other team has to clean up. Bummer. Then we jump to season 10, episode three, which is based, I believe, in Seattle. Yep. So season 10, episode three is in Seattle. Their quick fire challenge is to make dumplings from around the world with the Kindle fire to help them research them if they've never heard them before. And then they have an elimination challenge. Two teams, one led by Emerald and one led by Tom, cook Thanksgiving dinner for a charity event. And it's like a face-off between the two Thanksgiving dinners. And finally, as we alluded to, season 12, episode six is in Boston. And the quick fire challenge is they have to go to a literal cranberry bog and get cranberries and then make a dish featuring the cranberry. I believe it's how it's described. And then the elimination challenge is cook like it is the 1600s at Plymouth Rock. You only have food and supplies that were available to the pilgrims and the Wampanoag. So yeah. (laughs) 
which as Anna said, it was the most sort of ridiculous, but maybe also potentially the most challenging. So I'm just gonna kind of ask some questions that we can kind of discuss about these episodes. Um, let's start with which episode do you think was the best tie into Thanksgiving and why do you think that? <laughs> I feel like Anna's answer is the one with no forms. <laughs> There's just only one answer and it's that one. It was the only one that like truly was a Thanksgiving challenge. Like I get that in the other ones they made a Thanksgiving meal, but like it was not a Thanksgiving challenge. I said what I said. For me it was, I liked season 10 where they're on the two teams with Emerald and Tom and like they had to like do like Tom's best Thanksgiving and Emerald's best Thanksgiving like they were doing like different styles like I don't know that one felt very Thanksgiving to me because it felt homey and it was the middle two felt more the most Thanksgiving to me and I think it was because it was like the traditional Thanksgiving food and so like you were like looking at that and it felt the most homey to watch it in that sense instead of like the first one where they were going avant-garde with things or at least attempting to and then the last one where they're doing like the old style of thanksgiving food so the middle two felt the most recognizably thanksgiving they speak to the way that thanksgiving is different for every family right? Like it's not just one specific thing that you can do for Thanksgiving, which I think is why Thanksgiving is so exciting. If you're going to, if you love Thanksgiving, I feel like you love it because your family has the best Thanksgiving, right? So like every, those two episodes kind of talk about that. But Stacey, I feel like I cut you off. You unmuted. So sorry. Well, yeah, I was going to just agree with Anna. I think that's where I was getting confused is like, I was just coming into this thinking it would be like right away, like, it's Thanksgiving and this is what we're making. And then it seemed like, cause that I loved the dumpling challenge, but like that wasn't Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I think I just was like, I did check a few times. Like, am I on the right episode? I'm like, But the title says Thanksgiving. Um, but I think to answer the question, I mean, I feel like the cranberry thing, that was Thanksgiving, right? Like the making your cranberry stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I think that one stood out to me for Thanksgiving. There was a lot of talk of cranberries just across <laughs> the four episodes. Like, I feel like they came up more often because I feel like we all associate cranberries with Thanksgiving, even though like no one really eats the cranberries at Thanksgiving. So it's like, why is this like the biggest Thanksgiving thing? When my, my mom does. That's my mom lives. Mom eats the cranberry stays. Cranberry sauce. That's like why she's there. <laughs> so. Oh my God. I love your mother. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. I think for me, it sounds so ridiculous when you like say it out loud. The fact that they like had to cook goose and venison and shit and like over coal fired spits or whatever like who's just like this is cartoony is almost is not the exact word I'm looking for Anna but I, I hear you when you say that and to me I think it was the clearest tie-in it was also the clearest tie-in based on where they were like they were in Boston they actually went to Plymouth they had literal descendants of the pilgrims and the Wampanoag like at the Thanksgiving dinner so to me it felt like the closest tie-in to like what is Thanksgiving supposed to be about Um, But I agree with you, Nick, also like the ones in the middle where you got to personalize it based on your own Thanksgiving traditions, because it sounded like the Foo Fighters had things they would have wanted at their own Thanksgiving and like Tom and Emerald based theirs on their own Thanksgiving traditions, which I think was kind of cool. Let's talk about everyone's favorite challenge. We had eight to choose from. So which one was your favorite? You can pick quick fire or elimination. I feel like Stacey, you kind of already told us what yours was. So why don't you start? Yeah, mine was the dumpling one because first off, it's cool to think of how many different dumplings there are like from different countries, but also because fufu was one of them, which I have to say, I don't think that's a dumpling in Ghanaian culture. 
but it was cool to see a food that my family makes because that's a, I mean it's made by many West African countries but definitely Ghana is one and it was kind of funny because she did not get to look it up and I don't think she made it the way we make it at least <laughs> um, can you actually give us some context because she was the only person who didn't read her kindle fire like she couldn't figure out how to make the kindle fire work so we got no real understanding of what who was well, any, like can you tell us how your family makes it at least i mean the Ghanaian version which let me clarify i don't cook it <laughs> i don't cook but my mom cooks it and it's basically just like a, a starch like they use cassava starch usually but you can use like some kind of potatoy starch too and you just like make you you like pound it like it's it's pretty exhausting to actually make it like in Ghana they have this big pot thing that's like sitting on the ground and then you have this huge stick and you're like going for a long time just like making it thicken so my mom does that on a smaller scale like on the stove and she hates it because like her arm hurts after she makes it she makes it because my dad likes it but it's just there's usually when we make it there's nothing in it so I saw she put like some like lamb or something like it, like she stuffed it it's usually just a, a ball of starch and then is you it put like it in dough? soup is it like yeah and then you put it in soup so that like and there can uh, be like meat in the soup like, but you don't like fill like it an african matzo ball basically <laughs> so but again they make it in nigeria and it might be different but i've never seen it like stuffed with something and wow. i think she was just guessing because she didn't have time but that's like, like she didn't understand how to use the kindle fire stacy yeah and that's why i'm like i mean is that a dumpling because dumplings do have things in them right because yeah at the beginning of that challenge they talked about how dumplings have like a wrapper like some sort yeah of that too wrapper so i'm wondering if they were like thinking that the dough part that you're talking about was the yeah, wrapper. maybe but it's supposed or to maybe be like I wonder, I wish I'd paid better attention and like taken better notes, but obviously I did not. But do we remember what African country they had been assigned to? Well, no, that's the thing. I'm pretty pretty sure it just said Africa too. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, very survivor season. Yeah. No, because okay, I saw that and then I looked at and then I was like, wait, were the other ones countries or like continents? And then I remember one was like, yeah. And I was like, so they did. I think they said like it's common in West Africa, but yeah, they didn't they didn't say a country. So <laughs> well, that's disappointing. But Stacey, that's so cool. I love actually hearing what it's supposed to be like. Because Carla had no idea. <laughs> um, for me, I really liked the canned food quick fire, which I know like is the most simple, but I think that's like what made it the most interesting was because it was also probably the most realistic. And also I think it's very similar to Chopped and I loved watching Chopped. So I feel like it like that interests me um, as well. Like the different type of materials types. Yeah, yeah. And also like the idea of like these chefs, you had a little bit of this um, in the Cranberries quick fire of like whoever did the best in the ball got to use real ingredients. But like, it's kind of funny to me when you give like these high-end chefs common commoner food like common people food of like canned veggies and they're like how am i supposed to cook under these conditions like no one should eat like this and i'm like the majority of america eats like this and so i find that like kind of funny when they were like having a meltdown about it but then some one of the people were just like i mean if you're a good chef you can make good food out of anything like tea so i think that was probably the most interesting to watch for myself. Anna, you want to go next? Sure. Um, my favorite challenge was the Foo Fighters one, just because, like, that's my jam, and I thought it was a fun celebrity guest judge, guest judge. Yeah, is that the one also where they had to prep, like, outside? Yeah, and that was 
seemed difficult. So it added that aspect of challenge to the challenge. But I thought that the Foo Fighters had good banter. They were playful and they were, they were great sports. You know, I enjoyed watching them. Again, I think the Foo Fighters challenge is great because it also speaks to how like zeitgeist you top chef is every season. The fact that the Foo Fighters are like, no, 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 no. We need to be on a challenge. We'll give you our rider. I don't care what we have to do. We want to be in a challenge. Like we love Top Chef. And so we're going to be on it. When they get to All-Stars, it is like, I mean, it is cameo after cameo by people. They go on Fallon, like late night Fallon and play a game on the Fallon show to figure out what they're cooking for Jimmy Fallon's birthday dinner. Because Jimmy Fallon and his wife are such big fans of the show. Like at some point you're just like, oh my God, like everyone's obsessed with Top Chef. It's just wild. So the Food Fighters one for me is really fun in that way. I feel the same way about season two, episode six, just because Anthony Bourdain is my favorite judge. He's my favorite guest judge. Every time he's on, he says, not only poignant things, but he's just like a fascinating person. And he becomes a pretty like substantial every season he's there. And there's one season where he's on like multiple episodes. And first off, I was like, RIP, miss you. But second, I was also just like, he has this unbelievable ability to like be hilarious, but also like really insightful. And he's had such an incredible life and such an incredible relationship with food and travel and like cooking. And he really appreciates it for the art that it is. And so when he comes on Top Chef, his critiques are some of my favorite. And you can tell that the all the chefs are literally just in awe of him. This is a man who has devoted his whole life to understanding this thing that we do. And so I just, I love whenever he's on the show, I will fangirl till the day I die over Anthony Bourdain. So that one to me is my favorite one. I also just think it's hysterical because they don't make an avant-garde Thanksgiving and it goes terribly. And it's just, I love when the challenges are hilariously bad. All right. I feel like that's kind of it. But yeah, that's us Top Chef Thanksgiving. Does anyone have any like big thoughts that I just like didn't address and you want to put out into the universe before we get into rapid fire? Because I, I tried to make some fun rapid fires and vibe checks, etc. But like, is there anything else that I didn't mention did not bring up that you need to have said before we close out with our segments? I think that you and Ashley from Idle Chatter should still do your special episode on this because like, I feel like you two might have the most excitement about it and it would, you know, the energy would be just something otherworldly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so maybe stay tuned for a future Top Chef series, but I, will I be there? Probably not, but it'll still be great. <laughs> what if we watched a whole season, Stacey? Oh yeah. If we watched a whole season, I would be there. Yes. Great. But like, if you, but if you're like, you your first, Ashley, Stacey would watch a whole season with us. I hope she listens to this episode. I feel like this is for her. And it's, it's a special, it's a special episode just for you, Ash. I'm totally down to do an episode about Top Chef. <laughs> we either need to pick a season or do the most recent one, which I actually haven't watched because I got behind. Ooh. So it could be fun to watch a new season that I've never seen before. So like yeah. keep it on the back burner, fam. <laughs> that being said, let's get back into it. We only have a few, two segments today. Okay. So we're going to do vibe checks. You can vibe check Tom, Padma, any of the judges. Stacey, I have a feeling you're not going to want to go first. So I can. No, no, I actually, I can, I can. Okay, perfect. Fantastic. <laughs> we'll vibe check judges. And then I have a few rapid fire. They're ridiculous. They're as cartoonish as making Thanksgiving dinner in the 1600s. Okay. So just like get ready to answer them. And you're going to be like, why did you ask this? And I'm like, it's fine. Don't even worry about it. But let's vibe check some judges. Stacey, you're up 
Okay. Well, yeah, since it says any judge, this includes the Foo Fighters, right? Because they were judging that food. And one of them said something like about the s'mores. And he was like, I don't, I don't, I didn't write the exact quote, but he basically said, it looks like someone spit in my s'more. (laughs) And he just said it with such a straight face. And like, also, doesn't that just make you a little sick? Like just thinking about it. So that was, I was like, that was just harsh. I was like, okay, let's calm down. So that's my vibe check. But did you disagree? Well, see, I wasn't paying close enough attention to actually, like, I just heard him say that. And I was like, wow, that's. (laughs) But Stacey, if you saw the picture, you'd be like, you know what? It does kind of look like spit. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. It's a phone. Sure. (laughs) Nick, it's your turn. Baby, vibe check a judge. (laughs) <laughs> I think I'm going to judge vibe check Anthony Bourdain because he was so angry his entire judging experience. He was like, they're all terrible. This meal was terrible. Where the hell did you get these chefs from, Tom? They're terrible. I was like, damn, not one good quality in the bunch. Or like when the last guy brought out his cheese plate and all the judges were like, why the fuck are you giving me a cheese plate after dessert? <laughs> It was such, like, rich white person commentary of, like, ah, a cheese plate is supposed to go before dessert, you fucking idiot. It was very funny to me. Anna? So I can't remember the specific quote or things that were said, but the general vibe of the judging of the dumpling challenge, I think that's what it was, for Padma and the woman from, like, was it Food & Wine magazine? Something like that? Dana Cowan, the editor-in-chief of Food & Wine magazine, yes. Yes, of course. The vibes were not right between the two of them and that judging. I'm like, especially the passive-aggressive comments to the one contestant who like didn't fully plate her food or like one or two of them who just like added something that like maybe wasn't a native ingredient to like that culture and they just like gave a little bit of side eye and I was like you gave them literally like 20 seconds to look up these recipes like it's not that big of a deal it's also supposed to be an interpretation of it and they were given five minutes on the Amazon fire Anna with no directions on how to make it work okay so that was plenty it's an Amazon fire it's not that hard or the um, fire, whatever. With special shout out, one time when I was living in New York City, I did walk past Padma. She was pushing a stroller through Washington Square Park. Beautiful. Like, I love her. More stunning than you could possibly imagine. I absolutely adore her. Such a better host than Katie Lee. I said what I said. I said what I said. Who's Katie Lee? Billy Joel's wife, or ex-wife, but she hosted season one. It wasn't good. Anyway, my vibe check is the same episode, Anna, though small one with the dumplings, but at the actual challenge with Emerald and Tom. And um, Grant, at, when they're talking after the meal's over, they're talking about how Kuniko like didn't really cook her potatoes. <laughs> and he goes, I wonder, did she think like, oh, I'll just sneak it in with the other cooked ones and hope for the best, which I just thought was very funny. Oh wait, no, I'm lying. That was not, it wasn't the same episode. It was in the Foo Fighters one. It was when Danny made potatoes for Thanksgiving dinner with the Foo Fighters. And he's like, did he think that he could just sneak the uncooked ones in with the cooked ones and somehow we wouldn't notice and the way he said it was just like that doesn't make sense sir that's not how cooking works you can't just be like these ones are uncooked these ones are cooked like it's fine and he was just like my god that doesn't no that's not how it works sorry all right those are our vibe checks let's get into some rapid fire they're quick and mostly painless stacy just a warning we are doing zaddy so think of which one you found hot for later. It's coming up. 
But since we basically decided we're probably not doing Top Chef as a pod, I'm now going to force you to choose what season of Top Chef you want to watch based on these four episodes. So which of these seasons would you think would be most interesting to see the whole narrative? based on what you saw of the season and the contestants. So take a second to think about it. Nick, do you know yours off the top of your head? Because I'll let you go first. Uh, yeah, I think season five, mostly, because I would like to watch Carla and hang out with Carla for an entire season. She is there and she is great. Anna? I think I'm going to say season 10, just based on the combined two challenges that we saw, I thought felt the most I don't know cohesive and like I would want to watch more of a similar vein so I'm gonna say season 10 great choice Stacey I would say I honestly would probably say 10 as well I think that was the one I was most interested in so I'd say 10 and I'm gonna say 12 I am a huge fan of Top Chef but I did lose track of it for a while because Bravo makes it very difficult for you to watch their shows without paying them money and I'm like I already pay too many subscription services so now the older seasons are on Hulu like not the most current one but the other ones are now on Hulu and so I was like re-watching in the pandemic and then we obviously started watching 40 seasons of Survivor and I stopped so I don't know if I've seen all of season 12 and so I think I would go back to watch that one because I, I had some like deep-seated memories of some of the contestants and some of them I was like who the hell are you? And I definitely didn't remember this Thanksgiving episode. So I was like, I don't think I ever finished this season. So I think I would want to go back and just sort of see where it ends. All right, let's talk actual food. We had four Thanksgiving dinners. We had the avant-garde Thanksgiving dinner. We had Thanksgiving for the Food Fighters. We had Tom and Emerald's Thanksgiving. And we had the 1600s Thanksgiving. Which one would you most want to eat? Which one would you least want to eat? And why is everyone's answer the 1600 Thanksgiving? <laughs> We'll go in reverse order. So Stacey, you're up first. I think most would be the Emerald and who's the other person, whichever Emerald and the other person, the teams. And then least, I think least, maybe the Foo Fighters. I feel like they didn't like it. <laughs> so, or they had a lot of criticisms. So sounded like desserts were just disappointing. And like, what's Thanksgiving without dessert? You know what I mean? Anna, you up, girly. Um, so I would actually most want to eat the 1600s one. I thought some of the stuff looked really interesting. And I think it would just be a cool vibe to be like, this is how we're going to eat our meal. And I think the least, what I would want to eat the least is the first avant-garde Thanksgiving. Like it just, none of the dishes did anything for me. I just, I have no desire to try any of them. You didn't want a five hour salad? Nick. Um, I think I would have wanted the one from season 10, more specifically Tom's team. It was like the first time that a turkey has looked truly super juicy and moist to me. It looked delicious and the mashed potatoes looked fire. So right. Lizzie's mashed yeah. potatoes. So would have been all about that. And I think the least one would have been the 1600s one. Mostly because like, I'm not a big seafood person and it seems like all they had was seafood. And I would have been like, I don't want any of them. And then also like the one girls was like covered in dirt and grass. It just, it wouldn't have been for me. <laughs> I think the one I most wanted to eat, it's hard to say. I might pick Tom's Thanksgiving also, just because it felt like a lot of these were team challenges, which I feel like always is tricky, but his had the most things that I think I would have wanted to eat. And I agree with Nick, the turkey looked really delicious. And I hate to just copy Nick, but I also did not want to eat the 1600s meal, mainly because it didn't photograph very well. And I think one of the things that Top Chef has taught me, you eat with your eyes first. And in the 1600s, we clearly didn't do that. Like we clearly didn't do that. <laughs> now granted, they didn't have forks. 
And so like they, they were, it was a product of the challenge, but I was like, this does not look appetizing. Maybe it tastes amazing, but it doesn't look appetizing. And like, they do those like pro shots of it. And I was like, it just doesn't look good. <laughs> it looks gray. Like, why does everything look gray? That being said, not all the chefs are lookers, but there are some tens out of tens in this four episodes. So we're going to do as is the tradition of escaping reality. Let's pick a zaddy of these four episodes. If you don't know their name, I can help you figure it out because I think I know everyone's name. But my answer is Sam Talbot from season two. I have been in love with him since 2006. So here we are. He at one point lived in Williamsburg and I was convinced we were going to meet on the train and fall in love. Like it didn't happen. But like I felt in my heart that that would actually happen. So does anyone else have their zaddy of the season's episodes? <laughs> Anna's like scrolling through the list. Like it was on this. No, I just like, I don't remember anyone's face, but I'll go out on a limb and I'll say Tom Colicchio. <laughs> Tom Colicchio is also an answer. So that's going to be my answer because I could not explain what any of them look like. If one of them <laughs> murdered my best friend and I needed to like do a police sketch. Like I would just, it'd be nothing. So I'm going to say Tom. Tom Colicchio is a great answer. That's not a wrong answer, but it's not right. In that same vein and same idea, I would say the one guest judge in season 10? No, season 12, the young one. The one young guy who was a guest. I don't know, guys. I didn't pay that much attention to the people. But that one person was hot. I'm not sure who you're talking about, but like, okay, go off. This might not be a good question. <laughs> it's fine. I told you to prepare and you guys did not. Stacey. <laughs> I was trying to look people up, but like, they all kind of look similar to me. Well, okay. I just looked at season 12. I mean, no, season 10. And like, I feel like they all kind of just are like brunette. I'm like, sorry, CJ is super hot and he's on season 10. The tall what's his one. Great, you, CJ. You commented yeah. on him, Nick. You were like- What's his name? What's his last hot. name? What's his last name? CJ Jacobson. Oh, hold on. How do I know that? He's CJJ. That sucks. <laughs> CJ Jacobson. I think so. Oh, okay. He's the tall one. Like you would know. He's literally like heads and shoulders above the rest of them. Head, shoulders. I'm going to, I'm going to CJ. I like tall. <laughs> I'm going to CJ. Here, there you go. There you go. Perfect, Stacey. Is he hot or is he tall? We'll never actually know. Okay. Nick and I were debating Um, season two. It's mostly, there is more drama in season two. I feel like as the seasons go on, it gets less about the personal drama and more about like just the actual cooking and the drama of actual cooking. But in season two, there is this whole Betty Marcel like fight and they just are constantly at each other's throats, like yelling about God knows what. And Betty's like, it's not an answer. It's a conversation. And you're like, shut up, Betty, like chill the fuck out. So whose side are you on? Having just seen them interact in this episode, are you team Betty or are you team Marcel? Do you guys have context for what's happening? <laughs> um, team Marcel all the way. Betty was being a bitch. <laughs> Like, he called her a bitch, and, and like, Aggie was like, oh, don't do that. I was like, nah, she's being a fucking bitch. <laughs> so, like, nah, she was being, she literally, like, was like, he brulee my creme brulee wrong. I'm like, bitch, you literally put, like, a full-blown spice clove on top of it, and then it burned when you put fire on it. And it did for you, too. Shut up. You did bad. She was annoying. Stacey? I, yeah, I couldn't remember exactly what they're arguing about but I think I liked Marcel more so I'm gonna go with Marcel and uh I'm sorry to this man I do not know who these people are <laughs> but you know whose team I am on the woman who was getting pissed off because everyone was calling her sweetie and honey and I think your team Carla your team yeah. Carla yeah 
<laughs> but I'm sorry to this man. I know I think <laughs> these people are or that they were fighting. <laughs> and like, I watched the episode, so I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's like the majority of what they talk about that's not cooking related, but like go off, Anna. <laughs> oh, it's, like, it's a good show. It's, it's a good like, 15 minutes like, of the episode. Yeah, 15 minutes of the episode. But like, I'm tuned out because I was like, oh, I haven't seen the previous episodes and I'm not going to watch the next one. So like irrelevant. Doesn't matter. I'm team Betty, but that's because I've seen the whole season. I'm team Betty, not team Marcel, but I've seen the whole season. On a rewatch, I might feel differently, but every time I've rewatched it, I haven't felt differently, but maybe I'm just siding with the woman just because. But Marcel sucks. It's, I said what I said. Anyway, uh... what was your favorite product placement? That's our last one. Which of the most ridiculous ways did they tell you about a product? And which one did you like? A, a few examples were the Kindle Fire, Ocean Spray, Cranberry things. Swanson bra. We did quite a few tie-ins here. So which one was your fave? Stacey, go first. Mine was the cranberry just because it's like so over the top. And also like that was kind of a an athletic challenge. <laughs> like I feel like they weren't prepared for that at all. But yeah, that one was just so not subtle. I feel like some I feel like the uh, some of the others were more subtle. I just like when they got back and it was literally every ocean spray product was on display when they got back. I enjoyed that immensely. Nick. Um, mine was also ocean spray, just because like I agree with you, Stacey. It felt so random and that it didn't really hold any bearings to anything in the rest of the episode to go harvest cranberries in a bog. Also, the entire time I was like, are they just like fucking up that day's harvest? Isn't that that people's money? I was a little concerned Maybe for Ocean the cranberry Maybe Ocean Spray just used them. And uh, mine, and I think this was in the Foo Fighters episode, but there was quite a lot of focus on Butterball as a brand. As they were doing their shopping, it was like, we got the butterball turkey and the bacon and the other thing. And like the close-up shots of like, butterball, butterball, butterball. It was whenever they would talk about the sponsor and then like the close-up, like cut to this, cut to that. The same thing with the Swanson bra. Like it was like, they said the word and then it was like so many consecutive shots. Swanson. So yeah, I'm going to go butterball on this one. I liked that the pictures of like the B-roll of Butterball was at like a Rochester grocery store, not like a nice, beautifully B-rolled setup. It was literally like we're at the grocery store. So like, that's a strong one, Anna. I, I didn't remember that one, but that one was a good one. Mine is when they do, I do like when they do the Top Chef cookbook because it's like product placement of their own product, which I love. But mine is the Kindle Fire one, mainly because they give them no idea idea or explanation of how to use the Kindle Fire and just assume people will get it. And Carla not understanding is so important to me. And they're like, put it back in your bin. And she's like, well, I didn't understand how to use it. So I didn't use it. And you're like, perfect, Carla. I've had it, girlfriend. Enjoy. Enjoy. All right, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us on this beautiful Thanksgiving journey that we went on. Go enjoy some Top Shaft. I hope you do something fun with your fam. Maybe watch the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders. <gasps> that was so aggressive. That should have been our Thanksgiving episode. Regardless, have a happy Thanksgiving. We are grateful for our Escaping Reality fam. Thanks for being with us on this journey. And we'll see you next week. Bye.